Welcome back to DeFi Football. This week we're going to be doing our one to twenty-three, not twenty-four, uh, pre-season predictions. We're about sort of say it's about two weeks uh, until the season starts, but we thought we'd do it now. So um, uh, we also say I'm joined by Lewis Walsh, a Halifax fan. Um, just a little sort of disclaimer: why we're, how we're going to do them? Why we are going to do one to twenty-three? I want to say this team first. We're not saying that they're in terms of position. That's just a list. So it's just a general area. That's pure so. Um, nobody tweets us with mean stuff saying, why have you put my team sick or anything like that? So just a general area, just comments on it and stuff like that. Generally, it's just to, for people to sort of, um, hopefully with our okay research, Lucy's better than mine, obviously, um, sort of tell some stuff about the team that you might not have seen or whatever and, and sort of, um, you know, tell some info. Although, at least I don't claim to be any type of expert of anything. I see, I see some of these accounts like cover League 1 and League 2 who, they know a lot about the team, so by no means we're saying we're that, but we're just going to give it a go. And if if anybody's any, if anybody was any good at it, then they'd be making loads on the bookies, wouldn't they? So, um, starting off around first, that's what we're going to say. Not in first, around first. Wrexham, that's what we've got there. Uh, so Wrexham, obviously, Paul Mullen uh, from Cambridge was top scorer for them. Why have you put uh, Wrexham first? I just think that when you look at the type of players that they're bringing in, it's just impossible to say that anyone else is going to be kind of challenging for that league title, really. I mean, you look, you've mentioned Paul Mullin there, but it's other players that they're bringing in, you know, players like Jake Hyde, who over the past two seasons has proven himself to be an incredible goal scorer at this level after kind of rediscovering himself at um, Woking and Halifax. But then you look at... Um, the other sorts of players they're bringing in, like Liam McAlinden, who just won promotion to League One with Morecambe. Um, it's just players like that that make you think, wow. And they're not even done with their recruitment either, and they've probably already got the best squad in the league. They've already got Phil Parkinson as manager, who he's got a track record of winning promotions with clubs like Colchester, Bradford, Bolton. And I just don't... I just think that Rex are going to be the next club on that sort of promotion CV. Mm. There's also um, Aaron Hayden as well from Carlisle and there was a bit of drama about that with the fact that they sort of said, oh, we're not going to release a statement about him and then he left about a day later or whatever it was later on that day, I think. Mm. Another one as well, just signing these players, and this can be a theme with a few of the teams who are up near the top, is signing players who were good enough to play a league above, perhaps even two leagues yeah. above. Yeah. And yeah. Well, that, 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 that was the thing, wasn't it? Like, Mullin was being watched by championship clubs and he was scoring a, a load of goals for Cambridge and yet he's just ended up dropping a league down. So I think when you've got someone like that up front for you, there's no way that I don't, that anyone's going to be able to stop them, I don't think. Mm. One thing, this, this is more me than me than you, was I had this little sort of reservation about the owners in terms of uh, not really anything to do with them. They've only been there not, not, a while, not that long. But in terms of the publicity around it, that it could be perhaps a little bit of a distraction, um, perhaps somewhat similar sort of to Salford, I would say, in terms of they had the documentary and stuff, and perhaps that that sort of uh, unsettled them a bit in terms of the fact that they are in terms of the media publicity. It's always like all oh, the documentary Salford, the class of '92, that this it could be these got these famous owners and all that. How much that would play out, I don't know, because it's such a unique thing to have, especially at this level. I mean, you get famous owners, but that's usually famous owners for famous clubs. Famous being world famous, you know, compared to. So, yeah. you're looking at it. See, yeah. Me, See, I kind of disagree. Yeah. See, I kind of disagree, really. I think that kind of having that publicity will help will do a world of good for Wrexham. You know, they've had a huge uptake in terms of their season tickets. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if they sell out their grounds more often than not this season. Like, we saw it with Lincoln, what that sort of publicity of having that FA Cup run did for them in terms of the crowds. Mm. Um, and I think just from being associated with Ryan Reynolds' name alone, that it's just going to do Wrexham a world of good. I mean... You know, you'll have the money coming in, obviously, from two millionaire Hollywood owners. But just think what that sort of money from, like, merchandise, crowds, is going to do for them. So I I, I only just see it being a good thing for them, mm. to be honest. I definitely agree that there's upsides to it with the, with the money in terms of the merchandise. I think they've got the away kits, like, a green to do with sort of Philadelphia, which is where 
Uh, yeah. one of them, I can't quite remember which one. Uh, it's Rob McElhenney. Like, there we go. It, that's the other thing. Well, he's he's got like the actors from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia modeling uh, hmm. the uh, kits on TikTok, and that's getting hundreds of thousands of views, hundreds of thousands of likes. And you just have to think that's going to do them a world of good in terms of what it's going to do for the name of Wrexham. Yeah, I mean, I, I got recommended a video. This is moving a little bit away from place, but I got recommended a video. Um, and it was like a million views, like it's like things like Welcome to Wrexham or something like that. And mm. just one of them uploaded to the YouTube channel, and this is the publicity around it as well, uh, and stuff like that. So, like I said, I do wish them well, and it's it's one of them where to you want them to you want it to do obviously Wrexham, yeah. you know, the yeah. club deserves to be where that you, you play well, you deserve to be where you are. But in terms of the size of the club, you know, yeah. it's been a long time in the National League, so this very well could be a return to the Football League for them. Yeah, and, and and it's a little and it's a little bit different from like other from other bank road clubs as well. You know, you look at clubs like Salford, Fylde. They've come from. They've got like basically. I don't want to be rude to them. No disrespect to any of their fans if they're listening. But they've them sorts of clubs have got no real history. Where if you look at Rex and they've they've got a wealth of history. They've kind of been in financial trouble in the past. So it, it's a bit weird to say a club almost deserve this sort of takeover. Mm. But I think. Wrexham with the look that they've had over the past maybe 15 years or so, it's something that I think suggests that things fine, finally could be going their way. Yeah. Now, around second, I think most people could guess these sort of top three, top four, got Stockport County. So again, another one with another recent recent takeover, a little bit uh, longer ago than, than Wrexham's one. And already signings again that they already had, but ones they've made, I mean, I'll say it should be illegal, really, some of the players they have. I mean, again, first of all, I'll say it again, Paddy Madden, another one who could be playing League League Two above, uh, got seven and fourteen from tail end of last season. So you put that out over a whole full season, you're looking at around about twenty goals. Mm. Then you've got other players like Alex Reed, Scott Quigley. You, you just you're just looking at those goals they've scored. Scott Quigley was doing scored goals for two seasons ago in the National League, did pretty well in League Two. You're just looking at the goal, goals. Just should be illegal. Now I'm going to go to uh, one of the games against Grimsby. I think it is. I'm excited opening all these guys play because it should be really should be illegal the amount of play goal scorers they've got. Yeah, uh, but also just general the team in general. Yeah, it's mad to think that when you look at the quality in that Stockport squad, that we're still discussing the idea that they might be finish this might be finishing behind Wrexham, and that's just and that's testament to the quality that's in the league this year. I mean, we'll get onto that with other sides, kind of in that sort of title charge or playoff charge but yeah you look at them sorts of plays you know, obviously you've mentioned Paddy Madden Scott Quigley who of course scored for fun after going to Barrows probably going to end up scoring for fun again in this league John Rooney will end up chipping in with a ton from midfield but it's, it's just one of them where you think they've got an immense quality in this squad and they've got a very good manager in Simon Rusk it's just one where you think will they maybe fall short behind the quality in Wrexham squad, would that be the reason that they maybe just fall short of the league title? I think that it's certainly an interesting debate and I think that whoever doesn't win the league out of Wrexham and Stockport will probably end up winning the playoffs. Mm. And, and, and as well, it's like, you know, look, Ben Whitfield will be coming from Torquay, we'll come on to Torquay in a bit. Another signing from Torquay, Ben Whitfield, who... who chipping with some goals as well not that it need to with some of the strikers we've got but also creating the chances Elliot Newby signed on loan from Charlie uh, but then became became permanent as well he's obviously had a bit of National League experience with Charlie you know we all do that as well a bit more versatile I think can play on the wing but also in the set centre it's just like, it's just crazy and the defence as well Hogan Hogan and Palmer it's like these players and stuff and obviously like I said players could leave I should say as well there's no guarantee that some of these players will be able yeah. could get sold could bring new ones in so it's just yeah you, 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 meant, you mentioned about players getting sold when you look at one of the players that they've just moved on in Lois Maynard to Solihull on loan you've got to think they've got to have some immense quality in their squad for someone like Maynard who, who is a vital part of Salford's promotion push into the football league and that and I assume that was the thinking in terms of being into Stockport, but all of a sudden he's found himself not being able to get into that Stockport mm. side. So it just goes to show that the quality that they have, if they're able to get players like that away from the club, just because they're not going to get a game. Mm. 
and as well, I think perhaps some of the hints at perhaps sort of connections, if you like, and sort of the the way that um, bigger clubs view view Stockport is the fact that they've got Will Fish on loan from from Man United. I think that's to me says if I'm in Man United's position, I'm going to loan out my youngsters to players to clubs that I think could do well. You don't really want to be in a sort of rubbish situation, mm. so I think that sort of says yeah. perhaps Man United rate them quite well. I, I think part of that as well is because Simon Rusk has had an exceptional record in terms of developing players when he was at Brighton's youth setup, and I think United, the people involved in United's youth setup, were not right. We know what Simon can do with young players. He's shown what he can do with that at Brighton. We uh, so we know that Will Will Fish is going to be in good hands if we send him there. So I think that's part of it as well. But I think, as you say, it is testament to how the bigger side view the coaching set up at Stockport um, if they're able to trust them with players like that. Mm. Um, around third, we've got Chesterfield. So again, another one where uh, another one of the teams people would probably predict to be up there again, which is very close to the top end. So Chesterfield, reasons for Chesterfield being up there. So again, they've got immense quality in that squad. Um, they've got um, a player here up was probably one of the best players, if not the best player in the league last season in Jeff King. He, uh, having signed him from Halifax um, last night, they announced, uh, last night in terms of the day after recording this, um, um, they signed Kabongo Shimanga, um, who, ob- who's obviously made his name in the league known for quite some time now. Uh, then they've got Quasi Sante, who's going to come back from injury. So if they're at a spot where they're going to be needing goals in that kind of around winter period, then he'll really add to it. Um, and it's just, they've got that sort of incredible squad. They've spent well with the money that they've got. Um, and it's just hard to look beyond them in terms of who's going to be pushing for that sort of top three place. Um, again, it's just a case of they've got immense quality, but will they just fall short with, behind the big spending sides in Wrexham and Stockport? I mean, that'll just have to remain to be seen. Yeah, there's an immense amount of quality. You mentioned, obviously, Jeff King, obviously, ex-Halifax, well, see if it's going to chuck that in. Obviously, you, you, you've seen him a lot. And, yeah, again, it's another attack that should sort of be illegal. I mean, you perhaps wouldn't say it's as good as Stockport, but, um, you know, Shimanga, who, 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 you know, some would say probably should have gone to, got a football league move um, and mm. stuff like that. People are saying that should happen. You've got, like, Shimanga, obviously, proven, still young, young, but proven over two or three seasons now. Then Danny Rowe, who's had his spell in the football league, didn't quite, didn't, he did all right, you know, scored some goals, but didn't do as obviously as, as good as he did in National League. He's proven over many, many years to score goals in the National League, brought in end of last yeah. season, obviously, and now would be a good full season, obviously, getting in with pre-season yeah. for them. Yeah, see, with Danny Rowe, the only thing is, like, he's the sort of player where he won't, he maybe won't do much in the build-up, but if you put it on a plate for him in the box, he will score goals. And I think that's maybe why it didn't work out for him in the football league, because he wasn't, he would have been having to do more in the build-up, whereas in the National League, he can get away with kind of just almost goal-hanging in a way. Like, and it's worked. He's, he's scored for fun at, at Fylde. He's, and he'll you know, work for him at Chesterfield as well. So, yeah, as you say, it's another attack that will be absolutely immense, and I'm sure there'll certainly be a lot of goals for Spyrites this season. Is there perhaps something that Stefan Payne as well? Is that something perhaps that... I know he's obviously in terms of the levels, not as in terms of numbers. I think he had a good season a few years ago, has been around sort of League One or League mm. Two. Is he just another one? See, Stefan Payne's got a little bit of a he's got kind of he's kind of got to save his reputation. Like I, I mean, I'm sure quite a lot of our listeners will be aware of what happened to him at the end of yeah. last season at, at Grimsby. So he's kind of coming with that sort of reputation of a bit of a hothead now. So he's kind of got to go to Chesterfield and do well, but in terms of his ability, he's clearly got it somewhere. So if he can kind of prove what he's done, then yeah, maybe he'll prove to be a good sign for him. As well, you mentioned Kwasi Asante, um, who I think he ruptured his ACL, was it, towards the end of last season, missed out there, uh, sort mm. of playoff, playoff running. I think from what I've seen, um, and feel free to correct me if there's any sort of up-to-date information, but I think it should be back for January or February is what I've seen, the general sort of. But obviously with those types of injuries, you can come back a bit earlier, a bit later. It's hard to say. Mm. Obviously it's quite a long-term thing. But, you know, even then, if you're talking about a running, 
and we and we say that that Chesterfield aren't going to get that last sort of ten percent and be up there again, obviously winning the league. Having him come back towards the end would be good for the playoffs because what generally happens is the team that wins the playoffs is the one that does well as the late running. Mm. You know what I mean? So not yeah, the exactly. last season. So if he gets himself fit by January, February, going into March and April, you're doing quite well there. So I think that sort of might be a little bit of a boost for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, like we've 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 seen in other leagues before, like it's kind of that sort of last little bit of running that that matters in the end. It's not. It's almost like the first half doesn't really matter. Like obviously, like it's a few. It does not really pertain to this league, but we saw a few years ago when Barnsley were what in the relegation zone in League One of Christmas, and yet they ended up winning the playoffs. So mm. yeah, it just kind of goes to show how vital that sort of second half of the season is compared to the first half. So. If Asante can come back for them at a point where they're maybe just needing that extra five or ten percent up front, then he'll he'll add that to them. So he'll be a huge. It'll uh, almost be like a new signing for them, I think. Hmm. Uh, around fourth, we've got Notts County. So again, another we talk about big clubs. Another big club down here. You might say yeah. don't deserve to be down here, but football results have said they they're down here at the moment. So again, with, with Notts County, you're looking at with them. With the amount of seasons they've been in the National League now, they're going to be fans. I think going to be quite worried that they're going to sort of become what Wrexham are and being stuck in it, stuck in it, stuck in it. Where you really want to get out, but it's really hard to get out, especially for some of the bigger clubs. It's really hard to come down and bounce back up. I will mention mm. Grimsby and Southend in it in a minute. In terms of players have lost, obviously one that we had on the podcast as well, Enzo Baldwin has gone to Sutton. He was the one where fans were uh, sad to see, see him go. Generally. Uh, Notts, Notts County, what do you think of them? It, it's almost weird to describe Notts County have kind of been in that sort of best of the rest position, finishing outside that sort of top three place in the National League. But it's just, even with the signings that they've made, you know, they've kind of robbed half of Torquay's squad mm. from, like, they brought in Kyle Cameron, who I think, again, he's one that probably could have got a Football League move, but opted to stay in the league with Notts. Um, but yeah, it's kind of weird that, They've maybe just not got enough quality, despite still having good quality, to finish in that sort of top three place. I mean, that being said, however, I think after a little bit of a teething period with Ian Burton, I think the tail end of last season kind of saw his his style of play come to fruition. Um, you know, they were fan, they were finally showing what they were capable of. Um, and I just think that if they can continue that this season, then they should be on for a for a good showing. Um, they might just be short of the top three, but I think they're almost nailed on to get into the playoffs, even if that is via the fourth to seventh places. Another player they've got as well is, is Matty Palmer, who I rate from a, a spelling ad a few years ago. I know he's had other clubs since then, and there's been mixed reviews about him. You know, I think he's at Bradford and Swindon and some other clubs. There's a bit of a mixed review about it, which is, you know, fair enough. It doesn't always work. But in terms of from where it was a few years ago, it's sort of league one doing quite well. Step down two leagues, I think, something where he could have a sort of reboot of his mm. career. Obviously, just sort of playing down at a lower level, then eventually perhaps get a, a move back up. We don't know. So I think it's, it's sort of one to watch. as sort of quite interesting. And like you, you said... You know, you know, yeah. Yeah, you said about Palmer. He was a vital cog in that sort of Burton team that went all the way from League Two to the Championship a few years ago. You know, like he he was a first-choice midfielder in, in the Championship for them um, four years ago now. So he clearly does have the ability. So, yeah, as you said, that, I think that's a, a very good signing for, for Notts County. Mm. And as well, we've got to mention it, signing half a talkie squad, you know, the amount of players they're robbing, which to be fair, in, in a bad move, you see a team who's doing well and you can sign their players, you sign them, don't you? So, you know, that's what you do. And as, as well, we mentioned that Jake Reeves left as well. Um, mm. who, it's his only season really in the National League. He played League One, League Two. Um, he's now left as, as well. And a lot of fans wanted him to stay, but other than they wanted him to stay, but it seems fairly confident that they'll be able to get a replacement in. So they're quite happy with that. Mm. Uh, moving on to round fifth, we've got Grimsby. So, first relegated team for, from, from League Two. Now, I'm always a bit sceptical about sort of uh, putting um, newly relegated teams in and up around there because I'm a little bit sort of... Uh, it's, it's this sort of uh, jumping into the sort of swimming baths. You know, you bounce down and then eventually you come back up after a few seasons. That's sort of my... That's the best way to describe it. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm a little bit sort of... You know, it's, it's easy to sort of say they'll win the league, they'll win the playoffs or whatever. 
But fifth, I think perhaps is sort of the highest I would generally put a newly relegated team. Mm. Um, for Grimsby, why have you put yeah, them? Yeah, well, I, I, I think Grimsby have kind of come into uh, come into the league surprisingly in a much better position than when they than when they were relegated last season. Like um, they obviously they were left in a real mess after the Ian Holloway debacle, but since being relegated, they've had new owners. Um, I think keeping Paul Hurst on was a fantastic bit of business for them. Obviously, he knows this league. He was the manager when they got promoted out of it um, five years ago. But they've also got a good squad as well. I mean, if you just look at some of the players, you know, Sean Scannell, Luke Waterfall, getting Sean Pearson back was a fantastic bit of business for them. I think, you know, he's been a, he was a brilliant defender in this league uh, for Exxon, obviously the past couple of years, but he was there again for Grimsby when they were kind of pushing for promotion uh, back then. Um, so, yeah, I think it's maybe a case of, Obviously, they're not going to push for the league title, but I think they're a, a good shout for the playoffs. I mean, we've seen in the past, you know, teams in this league that come down into it, they're, they'll either um, immediately push to get back into it or they can end up kind of getting stuck in it. Like we saw when Chesterfield first came down, they were in a real mess. They were fighting to stay in the league for a couple of years. But I think Grimsby can be one of those sides that can immediately push back to get into the Football League, I think. In round six, we've got Bromley. So they, so Bromley, um, they kind of had a strong showing um, last year. Um, obviously, Andy Woodburn came in, coming into the club was a little bit controversial. I think there was a few disagreements of whether that was the right decision or not, but they, he came in, um, kind of strengthened them, um, and yeah, um, I think a lot of it will depend on whether Michael Cheek can can kind of rediscover his goal scoring ability from last season. He was obviously he was the top scorer, but all of a sudden he's got to compete with you know the the Paddy Maddens, the the Paul Mullins um, of the world. Um, so I, I think a lot as long as he doesn't get kind of if he doesn't like I don't know drown in the deep end of all this all these quality strikers coming into the league again. I think he can rediscover his ability and I think that'll be just what drags Bromley into the playoffs in the end. That's the key thing, because he just, over the past is it five or six years at least, bangs in a good amount of goals every season as well. Mm. Uh, Always gets a goal against Halifax and <laughs> that really riles me up. Yeah, and to round out around the playoffs, we've got Eastleigh around seventh. They're, they're, they're kind of a club that are, that have they're sort of on an upward spiral in a way. I kind of feared for them a few years ago when Stuart Donald decided to go on uh, Sunderland and obviously anyone with a Netflix subscription knows how that one ended. Um, but they've shown that even despite losing that sort of money man, they've, they're now an established side in this league. Um, ben Strevens is, again, he's another one. He's established himself as a good manager. Um They've got some good quality in this squad, I think. Um, and okay, they maybe just felt a little bit short last season, but I think they've managed to keep a good core of that squad. So I think, barring any injuries, I think they can just go again. And ultimately, I think this year they will get in there. I mentioned it before, but around eight, we've got Torquay. So this is one where I think. They're going to have a little bit of a hangover after losing the player final in the way that they did. But again, they've lost so many good players. Uh, they've lost Lucas Colliven. They've lost They've lost Ben Whitfield. They've lost Kyle Cameron. There's rumours suggesting that Lemonay Evans is going to leave as well. So they're losing a lot of that kind of core that got them as far as they did last season. Um and I don't think that the players that they're bringing in are of the quality that they've lost now. You know, like, obviously, OK, Dan Holman knows Gary Johnson quite well, but this, is, this isn't the Dan Holman of five or six years ago. He's someone that was struggling to score goals for Kettering in the league below. Um, so, ultimately, I think that they're just going to miss out on the playoffs, unfortunately. Um Maybe if they can kind of 
make some good signings throughout the season, they can maybe just about squeeze in there. But I think, unfortunately, they might just miss out. Mm. You mentioned Lemonet Evans there, who's, again, with Ben Whitfield in that side, was scoring and assisting. But again, rumours about whether or not he can go. And this is sort of the problem with these predictions is quite easily, an hour after we record this, player can leave, can join and completely changes sort of where the prediction is. Um, we mentioned players leaving. In terms of players who stayed over from that, They've still got some. It's not completely gutted. It's not completely that they've lost the whole starting eleven. They've still got sort of some left over. Um, is that perhaps something to, to hang on to? Perhaps they've still got some of those guys left. Yeah, I think it's kind of important that you keep some of those players that were part of it. You know, like players like Asa Hall, Danny Wright are going to be part of that kind of squad that um, keeps them in contention, and um, they've. Danny Wright in particular was a vital cog in Torquay's system last season. Like uh, when he was out of injury, they just looked like a completely mm. different side, and not and not for for a good reason either. Uh, so I think keeping someone like that is going to be huge for them. But is it, the question is, will it be enough for them? And unfortunately, I think the answer to that is no. Yeah. Um, round ninth, we've got Dagenham and Redbridge. So they, they were they were kind of an example of the point we made earlier about a big second half of the season being what can be the difference in the end. Uh, you know, around around Christmas last season, if somebody would have said, "Oh, Dagenham will be in contention for the playoffs come April and May," they'd have laughed at you. But they've just credit to everyone there. They kind of just changed everything, and it worked for them. Um, you know, you look at you look at how they were. Um, we Halifax played them on the first day of that season, and they just did not look like a side that were going to be anywhere near the playoffs at all. What did Dagenham? But you know, something changed for them in the second half, and they got close. Mm. Uh, I think this year they'll learn from where they just fell short, and I think ultimately um, the. They'll, they'll fall short again, but I think they'll just keep themselves in contention throughout the season as opposed to just being a second-half thing. Mm. Yeah, I remember they had a quite a good run towards the end of last season, just and just sort of, you know, getting in there a little bit. Sort of, there was a sort of slight rumour, sort of slight uh, flutter of like, you know, could they get... But they actually didn't get into the playoffs. Yeah, it, it, it was just kind of a little bit too late from the end, that, mm. that run. But, um, you know, there's still some good players in that squad. Um you know, Paul McCallum has proven himself to be one of the best strikers in the league. So, you know, if you can get players like that, players like um, Angelo Balanta performing well for you, then they'll be in a good shout for the playoffs. But I think in the end, they might just fall short again, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, around 10th, coming to, uh, well, just before, so the halfway point. You can't divide 23 by 2, can you? But coming towards the halfway point, uh, we've got Solihull around 10th. See, with Solihull, it's an interesting one because I think they make, they've been making good signings. You know, I mentioned earlier about Lois Maynard. Um, you know, he's a fantastic player. He's always been part of uh, good sides in this league. Um, you know, they've got other good players like Jamie Osborne, Ryan Boo, um, Kyle Hudlin, who they've managed to keep despite rumours linking in with moves in the Football League. Uh, I would say that the only thing going for them that might result in them falling short of a of a player of a proper playoff push is that Neil Ardley, whilst he is a good manager, he's more suited to being in that sort of dogfight at the other end of the table with a smaller club, you know, like that's why he succeeded so well at Wimbledon to where he did well in keeping them in League One for so long. But when he ended up at Notts County, where he had that sort of, where he kind of had uh, big expectations thrust on him, thrusted on him rather, I think he might have struggled a little bit. And ultimately, I think he, Solihull will have those expectations. So, okay, maybe not as big as Notts County's, but I think he will maybe just struggle to meet those playoff hopes that Solihull have. Mm. Uh, around, uh, around 11th, sorry, we've got the other newly relegated side. Uh, Southend. Yeah, Southend are kind of 
they've been in a little bit of a mess as a, over the last couple of years. Um, and I just think that um, that they, that will okay, maybe it won't continue to the extent that it has done for the last couple of years, but I just think they'll kind of take a little bit of time to find their feet. Um, they might end up doing what Chesterfield did a couple of years ago, actually, where they they kind of fell into the league and looked like plummeting maybe even into the sixth tier. But I think if that happens, then they'll, they might have to do what Chesterfield did and make that sort of managerial change. Because as much as I like Phil Brown, he's a very lovely bloke. I don't think he'd, he's cut out to managing in this division. So I think initially Southend will struggle, but I think they'll kind of turn it around and have a strong second half and just manage that sort of that sort of finish in 11th yeah I mean what you said there about Chesterfield that's what first thing came to my mind is the back-to-back relegations that it could become three out of three so um, in terms of just general mess of the club that's what yeah I, 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 I don't think it will come to them getting relegated a third time but I, I just think that They'll find it harder than they have done, you know. Okay, yeah, they've recruited well. They've got Reese Murphy, who who's done well for Yeovil, but again, so did Chesterfield that year, and yet they still found themselves in that mess. So, I think again, it will just boil down to them ending up in a similar situation of struggling the first half of the season, but having a strong showing in the second. Uh, around twelfth, now over the halfway point. Around twelfth, we've got Yeovil. Yeah, we were just saying about Reese Murphy there, and I think ultimately that'll be why Yeovil end up having to set that sort of 12th place finish because, oh, around that, because he, he was vital for them, and ultimately I think they might struggle to replace him. Um, they've got, I think, one of the good things that'll go for them is that Josh Staunton's come back from injury, um, and he. He showed both for Halifax and kind of in the early stage of the season for Yeovil before his injury that he's an incredible player. Um, so um, I think if he can get back to his best, then um, Yeovil will just about manage that sort of finish around 12th. Um, I mean, Darren Sal's a very good manager as well, so it might not happen for them this year, but I think they'll they can kind of establish a good base this season and maybe kind of be thinking about the playoffs next season, I think. And uh, Courtney Duffus as well, who didn't leave in the summer, but left in, in, in the January uh, for, mm. for Bromley. Again, he was was there with Murphy scoring scoring goals as well. Um, another one where he just lost some of those goals. I think he, he, good, I think he had a good um, first season in the National League. Then the second season was a little bit more sort of shaky as well so yeah you know what I mean but again even still you might sort of put them there to sort of score some but you know but we'll have to see um around 13th we've got Barnet so Barnet last season they looked like they were going to be in a very very bad mess um you know it was kind of the curtailment of the conference north and south that what saved them in the end because mm. they looked really really bad but I don't know if something's just clicked for them this kind of pre-season where they've realised, okay, we know what we need to do now. We we know that we're in a mess and we know how to put it right because, quite frankly, some of their recruitment has been really good. Um, let me just get up this squad now because, yeah, I mean, if you look at the players that they've got, you know, keeping keeping Harry Taylor on was a good bit of business. Um Sarah Tazdemir on loan from Peterborough United is a fantastic signing. I've been a big advocate of his for a couple of years now. Um, I suppose the only thing going for them as well in terms of whether they do kind of manage that improvement on last season is um, how well Harry Kewell does. I mean, he's kind of in his last chance saloon as a manager now. You know, if he, if he doesn't do well at Barnet, then that's probably him done as a manager. So... It's a question of will he thrive under that sort of pressure that's on him or will he crumble? And ultimately, I think he'll just about manage and that'll be why Barnett sort of get that mid-table finish this year. Mm. Uh, let's put the next one. Around 14th, we've got Altrincham. Yeah, see, Altrincham, uh, again, they've recruited well. Um, you know, AJ Leach-Smith is a player that... I quite like, and I think he'll do well for them. Um, 
they've got a very good manager in the other Phil Parkinson mm. in this league. Um, you know, I I saw how his sides play when Halifax played his Nantwich team in the FA Trophy um, five years ago, and I was quite impressed by um, by what they had to offer. Um, and again, both times we played, Halifax played in last season, Altrincham that is, uh, we they just looked a tough nut to crack. And again, if you look at the sort of players that they've already got, like Matty Kozolo, who um, is probably one of the better players in this league when he's on form, then I think that'll just be what gets them to that mid-table finish. As well, the loss of Alistair Smith as well, who came in on loan last season, then made it permanent, mm-hmm. but he's gone to Sutton. He was quite highly rated as a youngster. Uh, you know, I think he's only like 21 or whatever. Uh, yeah. The we've had on the podcast. Keep keep plugging all those, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, you, you should have invited me onto that one. I had him on Football Manager once and he was incredible. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's like, you know, it's another one where they quite wanted to keep him, but it's just one of them where you get these young players and it's sort of, they get a little bit of a reboot of the career almost uh, after we left Mansfield. But yeah, it's hard to hold, hold on to those guys, but they met his buyout clause and, and, uh, sort of, and then yeah. you know, moved him on. As well, uh, but we've got an extended Connor Kirby's uh, long. They've known for a little bit towards the end of last season. I think he's there till January uh, mm. as, as well. So brought in, brought in that, and also Ben Pringle, very experienced football league player. Yes, played ex- I think, exactly. I think he's played league one league. I think he played a bit of championship as well, and played for a whole host. Of yeah, clubs. and 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 that's what you need in this league. You do. It, it, it's not like as we I was saying about football manager. It's not like football manager where you can just sign the best 18 and 19 year olds going around. You need that sort of experience in your side as well. And I think Ben Pingle's going to bring that to him. Um, so it'll be a big part of whether Altrincham do well next season, I think. Round 15th, we've got Halifax and I'm not going to be saying anything more because I can't overrule you on anything. Yeah, you? So I'm not your the, the thing, the, yeah, so the thing is with Halifax is that they've lost four very big names in this preseason, you know, Neil Burns gone to Hartlepool, Jack Hearing's gone to Warsaw, Jeff King is uh, ended up at Chesterfield, and Jake Hyde's gone to gone to Rex. And, and ultimately, I feel like Halifax have only properly replaced um, Earing out of those four by bringing in Harvey Gilmore, who don't get me wrong, is a fantastic player from what he's shown in in preseason for for town. But ultimately, you've Halifax haven't replaced the other three, and I think that'll be that'll be the detriment for them this season. Um, I think what as well will end up seeing Halifax just kind of treading water in the table will be that Pete Wells coming out with very defeatist quotes in in the press saying about how he, he can't compete with the big spending sides, and and I think that's kind of showing in the sort of players we've got on trial as well. Um, most of them are just kind of like young players who um, who will probably turn out to be more long-term projects rather than players who can make an immediate impact. And so I think those players, once they come good after this kind of initial season of properly playing first-team football, assuming that they're signed, will do good. But it's just about how they do this season. And ultimately, whilst I think they could go good for Halifax next season I think just unfortunately it'll just result in a bit of a boring season for for town and that's why I've kind of got them in that sort of mid-table finish place as opposed to the sort of in the playoffs or around the playoffs as they've been for the last couple of years. Uh, Around 16th we've got uh, Bournemouth. Yeah so I think everyone who follows the National League will have been incredibly shocked when Shimanga Moved to Chesterfield, got announced. I think no one will be more shocked than Bowen Wood, really, because he was a big part of how well they've done in this league over the last couple of years. And I just don't see them recovering from that loss. Um, so the, they've they've got a good setup there, but I think unfortunately, just because of how big of a loss. Shimanga is that they'll just kind of maybe struggle a little bit this season. That's why I don't kind of see them challenging for promotion or the playoffs in any way. And I can see them struggling to finish in the top half as well. Another mm. one as well, they signed uh, Josh Reese from uh, Aldershot, who, while a midfielder, can score quite a lot. 
uh, similar to John Rooney at sort of Stockport as well, scoring a lot from midfield. Yeah. So he might just sort of patch up some of the goals you might miss from a from, from a Shimango as well. Uh, so that's perhaps a bit of a consolation for them. Mm. Um, in 17th, we've got uh, Maidenhead. See, I kind of feel sorry for Maidenhead because I feel like if they were ever going to get promoted into the Football League last season was their time. You know, they had a huge build-up of momentum going into that second half of the season and ultimately it just kind of fell apart for them in that last couple of games and which is why they missed out on the playoffs in the end. Unfortunately, I just feel like they'll have a little bit of a hangover from that. And as well as that, they've lost Danny Lowe-Orsi, uh, who was a big part of why they were doing so well, chipping in with quite a few goals for them, um, in, particularly in the last stage of that season. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Alan Devonshire does a fantastic job there, but I think given the resources there, they'll struggle to kind of being that sort of top half place in this year, which is why I've kind of predicted them to do be so low down the table this time around. Yeah, around 18th, we've got Aldershot. So to me, something feels like there's something very wrong at Aldershot at the moment. They, they're losing a lot of talent and they're not really replacing them either. Like, um, just players that are kind of going elsewhere and they're not really replacing them like right before we went on there they signed the uh, Christian Oxlade Chamberlain and it's one of those where I don't think that's a good sign for them at all and unfortunately I just feel like they're on a bit of a downward spiral at the moment and I can see them for the most part of the season being in a relegation battle I'm um, granted one that I think they'll survive but I think this season has to be one where this is the kind of the kick up the backside that they need to kind of get the house in order because otherwise they're just going to keep going down that spiral to the point that they'll end up getting relegated a few years down the line. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, lost uh, Ricky Miller, who's gone to and they've released him and he's gone to gone to Dover. He didn't do too well in comparison to obviously the amount of goals he scored for Dover in that in that amazing season a few years ago. It didn't quite work out for him. Uh, like I said, just mentioned then Josh Reese obviously gone gone, gone to Bournemouth. Um, you know, got Mo Betterman who's scored some last season, does got gets a solid goal yeah. scoring scoring tally as well. And also Ross McCormack left too, which yeah. is another one where it's one of those that you get, you get the big name, he, he, but he don't just, get the big he performance. It just didn't really work out for Ross McCormack there, did it? I think they were expecting him to have a much bigger impact mm. than he did, but it just didn't work. And I think another part of the reason something doesn't seem right at Aldershot is that Craig Tanner decided that he was better off, despite being one of Aldershot's better players, in my opinion, going to Ebsley in the in the league below. And, you know, that to me, that just makes it seem like you know, something isn't right at Aldershot and they need to make changes over the next couple of years. Otherwise, it'll ultimately end up in them going down, I think. Mm. Uh, around 19th, we've got Kingsley now. just want to say before, Kingsland, I say just generally looking at some, it's a little bit strange. Some of the signs are just strange. You just sort of look at that and go, it's a little bit of a sort of weird uh, club. No disrespect to the fans, I'm sure fans are great, but just sort of some of the stuff that goes on, a little bit strange. Uh, but Kingsland around 19th. Yeah. Um, yeah, you said about some of the signs that they made. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some good players there like like Cameron King and, and Ross Barrows, who I, I know from Halifax. So. I think ultimately they're going to be reeling over the loss of Sonny Carey to, to Blackpool. You know, it's any any side that loses the best player and probably isn't in a position to replace him. He's really been left that sort of hangover period. But I think if you look at some of the other players that they've got, like Junior Marias, Alex Kiromye, uh Pierce Bird, I think they'll be the reason that, that Kingsley just about avoid relegation this year, I think. Round 20th, we start with the three W's. Uh, 20th, we're in Woking. Yeah, with Woking, it's just another case of um, they'll struggle to um, to compete with the bigger budgets in this league. Um, you know, I think don't I think they might still be part time as well, uh, which 
will be another reason why they'll struggle to compete. You know, they've made they've made good signings in in the FE on and Tavon Campbell as well, who I saw last season for Halifax. And quite frankly, I think they would have wanted to keep him because um, he impressed there. Um, but yeah, I think walking will just about stay up, but it'll probably be off. Um, the sides below them struggling as opposed to any genuine merit, I think. Going into the relegation zone, or around the relegation zone, I should say, um, 21st, got Weymouth. Yeah, so one of the big things about why Weymouth kind of did all right towards the latter half of last season is that um, Dom Redden came in on loan from Aston Villa and anyone that's marked Mo Salah out of a game like he did was obviously going to be way too good for this league. So, um if you look just kind of how they were doing before and after he came in, he was a big part of that. And obviously, they've not been able to keep him for this season because, quite frankly, he was way too good for the, for the National League. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, they've made some decent signings in bringing Brandon Goodship back to the club. He scored goals for fun, and which is why they went ended up going up two leagues to get into this league. But... Um, Unfortunately, I just think Weymouth are in for a real struggle this season. I think it could end up with them going down, unfortunately. Um, around 22nd, we've got Wellstone. At Wealdstone, that's how you pronounce it. Is it Wheel- I'm going Wellstone. I'm right, going Wellstone. Okay. Northern from okay. location. Even though you're Northern as well, I'm going Wellstone. Okay, so with, with Wealdstone, <laughs> I think they showed a lot of times last season, particularly after Dean Brennan left, that Quite frankly, they're out of their depth in this league, unfortunately. They're, 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 they're very similar to, you know, clubs we've seen come up from the conference north and south, like Chorley and North Ferriby. They, they were fine in the league below, but they just can't afford to compete in this league. And, you know, they've they've only made one signing at the moment of um, at the time of recording of Wilson, and that's Charlie Cooper, who, quite frankly, I don't think is a good player, let's put it that way. Um, so I think, unfortunately, this is going to be another year where Wilston really, really struggle. And I think it, if they finish anywhere above 23rd, they can consider that an achievement. And going down to the bottom in 23rd, because we've got no 24th because of uh, everything that happened last season, or past few seasons, we have madness, haven't we? With uh, sort of yeah. teams moving about 23rd, got a Dover. Well, I think... Well, with 23rd, we've gone with Dover and um, I think a lot of people will be predicting them to go there to be in that sort of position because, you know, no club's going to do well starting on a minus on a 12-point deduction. Um, obviously, like, the big headline thing is that they've got Ricky Miller back and he scored for fun there a couple of years ago. But I look at that squad and I just don't see players there that could... that can... Um, that would be good enough to get them anywhere above a relegation battle other than Miller. Um, so I think if they hadn't had that 12-point deduction, they might have had a chance of um, staying in the league. But I think that's just going to hamper them towards the end of the season. So unfortunately, I think there's only one place that Dover are going to finish this season. It's in that relegation zone. I think that's a big thing for me. Is that I'm just holding on to a very slight little bit of hope that just because on that season again just spangs loads in as a little hope just just for sort of just to, you know what I mean just for fun just to come back and mm. just do that you know and sort of keep mm. up or something but it's just a very small sort of hope but that, 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 that's the only thing actually I mean Ricky Miller's could score goals but I, again I just don't see any other quality in that side so I think his goals will kind of keep them in it towards the end of the season but I just think that the lack of quality elsewhere will be what costs them yeah, well, that's uh, that's the uh, one to twenty-three predictions. If you want to send any hate mail or anything like that, we we'll put a PO box below. Um, what, what, weren't we going? Weren't we going to read out other people's predictions? Right, as well? I'm just going to come to yeah. So we did put a tweet out, and the um, civil war has already started in our DMs. So um, we got we got some coming in. We asked for some predictions. Um, we got Josh said, "Older shot balling." I've got no idea. He's what you think they're going to do. Well, we didn't put down that. But balling's a good term, isn't it? So I can well, that's what I think. I was, I was a bit putting like, them, putting them on for a good season. Yeah. Uh, we've got Samuel uh, Halifax fan, I think, Lincoln is. He's put easily in first. 
um, a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gone for a few brave shouts. Um, I think in particular, um, uh, let's take a look at some of these. Chesterfield intense, a very brave shout, yeah. him, I think. Um, so, um, oh, and Wood as well in third is a little bit of a. Yeah, again, yeah. it's a brave shout, but we'll have to just see how that one plays out. Um, yeah. Tom, who's a Torquay fan, submitted his as well. Uh, pick out some particular highlights. Um, he's got Boring Wood as high as eighths, but I assume this was done before Shamanga left. Yeah, um, yeah, a few weeks ago, this. Yeah, um, he's got Eastley as far down as, as 15th. Um, other than that, it's shed and walking eleventh as well. But other than that, it's sort of similar to what we came up with in the end. Yeah, we've got a uh, is it Jude? I think kicking off. Yeah, Jude, so, Jude the Dagenham fans. Dagenham quite, fan. He's feminine about uh, Sam's prediction of Dagenham to finish sixteenth. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's one of them things that always creates plenty of debate. And who knows? Yeah. We, we all might be wrong come the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's it. If, like I said at the start, if anyone could predict it with a good amount of accuracy, then they'd be, won't be telling anyone, they'd be putting 100 quid on the bookies, wouldn't they? So, yeah, I mean, mm. I created a little spreadsheet looking at some of the stats and, and stuff to try. And we might, might publish some of them because it was quite interesting about our, um, our sort of the where clubs go the season after finishing a certain position and where they go. It was quite interesting, yeah. some of it. So, we might publish some of those stats, but. But um, yeah, those are those are our one to twenty three predictions. Like I said, hate mail. Want to send it below? Have to send a PO box and our email address. Send it to Nathan, not me. Yeah, I'll, I'll find. Listen, I don't get all, 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 all the letters I'm getting at the moment is about COVID uh, stuff. So I'll take some letters. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, um, yeah. Say thanks for watching. Uh, and we also, hopefully, providing everything goes well, this should be an audio. If you're listening to an audio, which works, but um, we're gonna be hopefully trying to put some audio stuff on there as well, and um, hopefully fingers crossed, um, have some kind of weekly sort of review show on a Sunday or a Monday, just going over what's going on on a Saturday game and, and what's going on in uh, the National League as well. And hopefully try and get to some games as well. But um, yeah, thanks, Lewis, for putting your predictions and carrying me a bit, to be fair, because a lot of the stuff you were saying, I've got no idea. No, I wouldn't say no idea, but it's one of them where if you've seen them play, then it's a lot easier than sort of looking at other stuff and stuff. So mm. being a fan of the league, obviously, of your team, and it's, it's a lot easier to comment as well. Yeah. And uh, we'll visit these at some point and see how many you got right. Because um, there's some good shouts in there, I think. But I think I think once this goes out, it's going to be some people who are a little bit annoyed. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, thanks to you, Lewis, for, for taking time out to come on. Uh, do you want to give a shout out quickly to uh, what you do? I know we always ask this, but to what you do and where, if people want to find you. Yeah, so I, I kind of work in the sports journalism industry. And you can kind of keep track of um, my work over on my Twitter, which is Lewis R. Walsh, which is all one word. Um, and that's it, really. That's all I've got to shout out. Yeah, I'll put that in the description as well, if I remember. But yeah, uh, thanks, Lewis, for taking time out. And uh, we'll see you in another episode.